Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. What's up, Movement Church? Pastor Kerry here. I'm excited about today. We're in the middle of our series called Gear Up where we're understanding what the Word says about fighting spiritual battles, which we get that. Because if we get a sickness or an illness, a virus, our body fights that infirmity. We often fight emotional battles when we deal with rejection and depression. And So Paul, the writer in Ephesians, is saying how to fight spiritual battles because as much as there is a real God in heaven, there's a real devil in hell who's doing everything he can. In fact, Ephesians says he has a playbook on your life and mine trying to kill, steal, and destroy. But Paul says to put on the whole armor of God. In week one, we talked about the belt of truth, the truth of God's word. Week two, we talked about the breastplate of righteousness and being clothed in imputed righteousness and exactly what that means. Last week, we talked about the shoes of peace and how God has given us his peace, but it's optional. Well, today, there is a treat in store for you. My friend, Pastor Josh Chavez from Long Beach is coming at you live to talk to you about the shield of faith. And I believe God's going to do something profoundly amazing and miraculous in your life today. So do me a favor. Would you give an amazing Movement Church welcome to my friend, Pastor Josh Chavez. Good morning. How you guys doing today? So good to be with you. You know, God has blessed my wife and I with... Um, this friendship with your pastors, Carrie and Megan. And in case you didn't know this about your pastor, he can really challenge you. Amen. He, he is challenging me to be a better man, a better father, a better husband, a better pastor, just a better overall follower of Jesus Christ. And I am eternally grateful to God for giving me the privilege to meet him and know him. And I count it a privilege and an honor to spend a few minutes with you today and, and just share with you what God has placed in my heart for us this afternoon or this beautiful morning. Will you join me in prayer as we get started this morning, just asking God to prepare our hearts and our minds for all that he has for us today. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for all that you have already done during our time of worship, during our time of greeting and fellowship. God, I pray that over the next few minutes, you would prepare our hearts and our minds to receive all that you have already written for us today. God, we come against any attack of the enemy, any discouragement, any fatigue, any distraction, God, that would cause people to miss out on this divine appointment you have set apart today for us to be here. God, I thank you for those that press past quitting points to get here today. I thank you for those that that push beyond their fatigue and stress to just come and spend a few minutes in this place of presence, Lord. Your word declares that in your presence there is fullness of joy. So at the least, God, I believe that today someone will walk away with more joy in their lives because of you. We thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I'm ex- Again, I'm excited to be with you this morning. You guys have an incredible worship team. Can we give it up for them this morning? I'm encouraged already by being here, and I just, I'm excited to share with you over the next few minutes on this continuum of 
the shield of faith and gearing up with all that God has for us. Any superhero fans in the room this morning? Anybody catch the new Wonder Woman movie, The Guardians of the Galaxy, all the good stuff? Well, in case you didn't know this, I know that Pastor Kerry already said my name is Joshua Chavez. It's not George Lopez. Please do not be confused. Um, but, but my real alias is that I am the Bruce Wayne. I, I am that guy. I am the Batman. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I, I believe that today we are fighting a spiritual battle in this room. And I, I just hope that you walk away encouraged with all that God has for us. So I want us to begin reading in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Um, this is the Apostle Paul in his letter to this church. The Apostle Paul is this guy that's chosen by God to encourage, to pastor, to disciple, to build, to establish the kingdom of God in his church. And he goes to Ephesus. That's where the book of Ephesians um, enters this narrative. Um, Ephesians is the church at Ephesus where Paul is writing to them and encouraging them. And I want you to notice the, 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 the level of urgency that he is speaking to um, this community with. He is basically saying one final word. I have one final encouragement. I have one final thing that I want you to take away after spending some time with you. And this is what he says. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. In case you didn't know this, the devil has a unique strategy against you. He knows you just like he knows me. What might make me stumble might not be your vice. It might not be the thing that dis discourages you or distracts you. The enemy is, is on a mission to kill, steal, and destroy, as the Bible says in the book of John, chapter 10 and verse 10. And he knows our past. He knows our generations. But guess what? His assignment is, wasn't just with them. It's not just with us. It's also for the generations to come. And so he is strategically working to destroy you, to kill you, to, to, to destroy all of God's promises that God has already made for you. And he wants to find a way to eliminate you and I coming out as victorious. So you see this, he is saying, be strong, be courageous. Verse 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. So if you're here today and you thought your mother-in-law was the enemy, that's not true. If you thought the president you voted for or didn't vote for was your enemy, that's far from the truth. There's a real enemy, and he says it here. He says, but against the evil rulers, the authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will, be, you will be standing firm. Stand ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body of armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God." Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You see that Paul has this sense of urgency as he is describing this, this spiritual battle, this spiritual warfare, this, this war against good and evil. Um, I came across some interesting facts as I was preparing my talk with you today. 
that, that we are enamored as human beings. We are drawn to anything that gives us the slightest opportunity to believe that there's a supernatural ability or a superpower available to us. I can prove it with facts. Here's the facts. Of the top 10 blockbuster movies of all time, I'm not talking 2017, 2016, 2015. I'm talking about all time. Imagine some of the greatest movies you and I have had the privilege of sitting and watching and enjoying with some good popcorn, good nachos, good hot dogs, the extra mustard, and of course, a little couple of jalapenos. Come on, somebody. Right? Of the top 10 all-time blockbuster movies of all time. Six of those have to do with supernatural abilities. It's your superhero movies, it's your Star Wars, it's your Avatar. It's this idea that humanity has this recess in life where you can escape for two and a half hours and imagine yourself in this narrative where good actually prevails against evil. To the point that although we're talking about a recession, we're talking about over $10 billion spent in two and a half hours of you and I sitting there and enjoying this narrative where you can walk away and say, I am the Batman. Well, guess what? The Word of God actually calls us to embrace this unique and powerful reality that's not limited to two and a half hours. We are invited to embrace the reality that God has made everything available to us. Beginning in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, you will receive power and special ability when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And if that wasn't enough, because it's more than enough, right? He also gives us all of these unique things that cause us to work and, and put to practice so that you and I can actually live victorious lives. So that when the war is over and the trial is over and the enemy's attacks against us are over, listen carefully, you and I are still standing strong. That the word of God would come to life where you and I can actually not make a positive confession about scripture, but actually stand as true testimony witnesses that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That I can actually quote not out of positive confession, but as a firm testament to what God has done through me, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That I can actually stand in amazement, not as a positive confession, but as a walking testimony that I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Christ who loves me. We are drawn to this idea of overcoming evil with good. And Paul here in his letter in Ephesus gives us this beautiful picture that you and I have something available to us that would cause us to become overcomers. Ephesians 6.16 is where I will focus my talk today on the shield of faith. He says, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. First of all, what's a shield for? It protects. It blocks. It, 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 it covers you and keeps you safe from all of the attacks that are meant to destroy you, to kill you, or perhaps hurt you. But if you understand the power of a shield, you know that it's not only meant to be used as defense. You could actually turn it around and use it as offense. And that's when faith comes in. 
In case you didn't know what faith um, does for us, the Bible lets us know that faith can actually move mountains. Don't want you to raise your hand or say amen, but, but can some of us admit this morning, there's a few mountains I wish I could move right now in the next 10 minutes. And if I can't move it, I need the faith to believe that I have enough energy and the stamina to at least walk this puppy over. Come on, somebody. Right? Faith is also the key and the, the vehicle that God uses to provide healing for our lives, salvation for our lives, the ability to overcome sin in our lives. And so this is a shield that is given to us so that you and I can use it to our advantage to prevail against all of the attack of the enemy against our lives. Listen to this powerful quote. Faith is not merely you and I holding on to God. It is God actually holding on to us. And oftentimes we have this idea of faith thinking, I have to keep it. I have to keep And you know what? That can be so exhausting. And I want to give us permission this morning that some of us actually don't want to see another superhero movie because nothing that they create in Hollywood compares to the narrative and the reality of what some of us have had to go through and live through. We don't want to fight. Can you just preach a message where I don't have to fight anymore? I, I, can I just rest? Can I just be still and know that he is God and that he is going to fight my battles? And I want to encourage you this morning that if God is trusting you to go through a season where you feel you are uncertain, you are being overcome, you, are, you, you feel like you're losing, listen carefully. God is trusting you enough to give you the resources and the tools and the gifts and the empowerment so that you can tell the story of survival because that becomes the greatest witness in the world that we live in. That if God can do it in me, he can also do it in you. Faith, faith. The shield of faith is meant for us to wear, to put on. I have this um, story I want to share with you. My parents came from Central America in 1968. They came from the country of El Salvador as immigrants. They had student visas. They came here. They maximized that opportunity. Mom graduated from Cal State Long Beach. Dad graduated from L.A. Tech. Both of them um, um, you know, did, did everything they could to provide for us. And like most Latino families, they had a lot of kids. Tell me, let me tell you what that means. What that means is that you, um, when you start your new school year, you are wearing hand-me-downs from your oldest brother and all that good extra clothes, you know, that they had. And, and, but I remember specifically the day that mom graduated from Cal State Long Beach, and a few weeks later, she got hired by the state of California. She recently retired. I mean, it was like night and day, and we went to the mall like we had done so many times. And as we're going to the mall, she says, hey, we can go into that store today. And I looked, and I did. I did a double take. Um, that store was, was Foot Locker. We weren't allowed in there. We, if, when you have six kids, we don't go to Foot Locker. And, and, and we're like, are, are you, you sure we can go in there? And we went in there, and we're walking in. And if you're 12 years old, and you're, you know, this is the 90s. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, you're, that's when the shoe game became the shoe game. I'm just saying. Um, we're walking into Foot Locker, and I'm looking at it, and, and I saw this beautiful white crispy pair of adidas i mean they were just like calling my name and and i i can i try these on and she said sure and i'm like this is not really happening i can't believe this like six kids in foot locker she's saying yes to all of us right and i walked out of the foot locker back then what was known as the hawthorne mall and um, wearing this brand new pair of Run DMC Adidas. Come on, somebody. 
Well, I want you, I want, don't, don't, don't miss where I'm going with this. I was the same kid living in the same community, same family, same school. Nothing changed. But I put something on that changed something in me. This confidence out of nowhere came out of like, I'm just, you know, still look like a little booger, but I thought I was all that. I mean, just, just you know, this swag just came out of nowhere. Like, still wearing the jacked up clothes, but the shoes were crispy. Right? Don't miss the point. Something happens when you put on the armor that God has given you. You're in the same family. You're in the same city. You're in the same community. Let me go a little deeper. You have the same challenges but you're wearing something that's been given to you by your heavenly father that changes something inside of you. And all of a sudden, you start walking around in the confidence because faith begins to tell you there's a weapon that's trying to destroy you, but I have the shield of faith. Listen carefully. And when you begin to put it on and you begin to hold it up, listen carefully, it begins to protect you from everything that is telling you that you will be defeated, you will be overcome. You cannot make it out because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so the first thing we need to understand about this armor of God, that we can hear about it, we can, we can talk about it, but we can actually walk away from the movement church today and leave the armor here. It's meant for you to put it on today. It's meant for you to wear it. So if you could just participate with me, say, say, put it on. Come on, come on. It's time to put on. Can you give me your best, best Orange County smile? Let me see what you guys got, OC. Come on. Let, let, let me see. I want to take this back to the LBC next week. Come on. Put on your best smile. I mean, you guys are going to help me preach. Look at your neighbor with your best smile. Tell them, put it on. Come on. Come on. We have to put it on. Faith is this. It is the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of, we, of what we cannot see. So if I'm putting on the shield of faith, here's what I'm putting on. Maybe my marriage is going through something right now that's telling me that we will not overcome this. Maybe like our sister just testified, there's, there's some kind of physical um, sickness in one of our family members that we feel like we cannot fix. Maybe you're in, in a community where, where God has shattered your heart for the hope and the salvation of that community, but that community is telling you, you can't help us. Maybe you're in a season of life where you're just on the verge of giving up. As a matter of fact, many of you probably contemplated this morning, why go to church? Why even get there? Why try again? I'll tell you why. Because God wants to sow seed in your heart today. So that you can be an overcomer. So that you can not only put on this shield of faith, but that you can actually hold it up. Listen carefully. And when you hold it up, listen, remember faith is not you holding on to God. It's God actually holding on to you saying, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go. Your, your situation is not a challenge to me. I can guarantee you, here's one thing God has never said about your story in heaven. He's never sat there on the throne and said this, I never saw that coming. It did not catch him by surprise. It is not a challenge to who he is. 
But in order for us to see it from that perspective, we have to put on that shield of faith. We have to hold it on. We have to put on that armor so that we can live the lives of victory that God desires for us to live. So in spite of the adversity, faith reminds us that we're going to be okay. In spite of the trials and tribulation, faith reminds us that we will overcome. It will protect us from the fiery arrows of the enemy. But just like we can put on the full armor of God, listen carefully, just like we can put on the full armor of God, we can also put some other things on. I want to just ask a few questions. What are you wearing today? Are you wearing doubt? Are you wearing fear? Are you wearing depression? Are you wearing anxiety? Are you wearing fatigue? Are you just tired today? You're at the right place if that's how you feel. God says, come to me all who are weary and you will find rest for your soul. Can you give yourself permission today by faith to just rest in Jesus? Let him care for you. Let him nurture you. Let him, let him, let him empower you. Let him endow you. Let him strengthen you. How do I get there, Josh? I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I want that. I, what you're saying, and I, I feel your passion, but, but I still don't feel. And, and that takes us to this very thing. We have to take something off in order to put the new on. See, see, I, I could have seen those shoes at Foot Locker and, and loved them so much because they were brand spanking new. I could have left them in the box and gone back home and put them in my closet and save it just for special occasions. And, but, but it wouldn't have changed anything for me. Some of us treat the things that God has for us the very same way. We leave them here on Sunday. Then we wonder why we can't get past Tuesday. No strength, no, 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 no empowerment, no, no, no victory. God, where are you? He, he, he's giving you the armor to overcome. So we must take something off in order to put this armor on. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witness to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Let's pause there. What's slowing you down this morning? Is it doubt? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it people? What relationships are we in thinking, you know, I'm trying to save them when we ourselves are not saved? You will never jump into a pool to save someone who's drowning if you cannot swim. You got to learn how to swim first or at least put on the armor, put on the little lifesaver on, right? Look, let us strip off every weight that slows, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. He is what? The champion who initiates and does what? Perfects our faith. See, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, listen, without faith, I cannot pray. Because faith, when I pray, lets me know that he's actually listening. As good as your worship team is, without faith, I'm only singing. Because if I'm really worshiping, then by faith, I'm believing that I am loving on him. And it's impossible for God to be loved on and him not want to just come into the room and love on you back. 
It's impossible to love on God and him not desire to embrace you and hold you and remind you and whisper into your heart and soul that you are going to be all right. I don't know what you guys say out here in Orange County, but in Long Beach, here's what we say often. I don't know if I can take it anymore. I, I don't know if I can go on. I don't think I can keep going on. This is just too hard. Yet here we are after probably saying that a million times. Any, anybody care to be transparent enough and say, I, I've said that a few times. Uh, as a matter of fact, I said it on my way to church this morning. That 405 freeway that just jacked me up with all that traffic. I just can't take it anymore. How many times do we confess that? Yet here we are. You know why? Because faith is not just us holding it. It's God holding on to us. So then how do I get this? How does, how does God perfect my faith? How do, because I want it. First thing we need to do is we need to ask for it. We need to ask for faith. Today be the day where you actually create some space in your life. And rather than, I want to be sensitive to this because I know what pain feels like. And I know what challenges cause us to feel like. But what if today we create this space where instead of asking them to fix the problem, we ask for the faith to give us perspective how to overcome the problem. Let me ask him. Let me just ask him. Can we just ask him this morning? God, give me faith. Did you know that the apostles needed more faith? They walked with Jesus. They saw the miracles. They were witnesses. They participated in the things. Yet in Luke 17, 55, they said, Lord, give us more faith. I need more of it. I need more of it because the higher we go in our relationship with God, the, the different levels we go to, this may sound so cliche, and I'm sorry for bringing it this way, but, the, but new levels is new devils. We, 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 we overcome something that we, were, we finally had enough faith to overcome that, and we think, now, now we think we're all big and bad, like, ooh, got this. I got this Christian faith thing. As a matter of fact, I can miss a few Sundays because I'm, that's just how my relationship with the Lord is. I'm strong in the Lord. Right? And then we come in contact with this whole new animal we didn't even know existed. Again, the thief coming in to do what? Kill, steal, and destroy. How about we create space this morning where we just ask, Lord, give me more faith. Two, how about we develop a hunger for the things that fan the flame of faith in our lives? This has to do with the things that, what do we desire most? 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And one of the gifts of the Spirit is faith. The ability to believe in spite of what reality is telling me. Seek the things that are eternal, not the things that are temporary. Romans 10.7 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then I need to ask myself this question. Who's got the loudest voice in my life? Who's the one that's captivating my attention? Is it the enemy telling me my marriage is going to be destroyed? Is it the enemy telling me I am sick in my body? Is it the enemy telling me I will never overcome? Is it the enemy telling me that I'm guilty? Is it the enemy telling me that I should live in shame? Is it the enemy telling me that I am defeated? Or will I listen to what God has to say about my narrative? Will I surround myself with people that will speak the word of life and truth? That's why I love your pastor. Every time we get together, he just tells it to me like it is. Is he the same way with you? I was just wondering. I, I thought maybe he has something personal against me. I'm like, bro. Surround yourself with people that will speak truth 
and build you up. You are an overcomer. You are a child of God. You are no longer a slave. God desires to use you and, and make you the man, the woman that he destined you to be from the foundations of the earth. What will you continue to listen? So you, we, 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 we have to ask for it. We have to desire it. But we also have to put it to practice. Any NBA fans in the room? Any basketball fans in the room? Warriors? Warriors? You look like a Warrior fan. I, I can tell. Right? Doesn't matter how what skill set you have. Doesn't matter how good you are. If you don't put to practice what you've, what, what's in you, it gets rusty. See, see you don't want to be in a game where you neglected the thousand free throws you were supposed to practice and then lose the game by two points because you missed two free throws that game. How many of us have been defeated by the enemy because we just failed at practicing and putting to exercise our faith? How, how do we do that? Oh, I pray daily. I worship daily. I commune daily with people of God. I surround myself with people so that I, I am ready to, to, to demonstrate that, that the shield of faith is something that's active in my life. And, and I'm actually wearing it. I'm wearing it with confidence. There's this fascinating story in Scripture. This is a very strategic moment, significant moment in the life of Jesus. Jesus had just got through telling his disciples, I will be betrayed. I will be turned over to the Roman soldiers. I will be crucified, but I will be raised on the third day. But there's this guy that's following Jesus named Peter. How many of you have heard about Peter? He's like, not on my watch, Jesus. I got your back. It ain't going to happen. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to lay down my life for you. Now, just a few seconds earlier, Peter had just confessed Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Jesus had asked him, who do you guys think I am? And Peter turns around. I mean, they all gave different answers. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're a prophet. Some say you're this. Peter said, no, no, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus says, no, um, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my spirit. Peter has this moment like, yeah, you see, that's how me and Jesus robe. Like, we're deep. Like, I'm his homie right now. And just a few minutes later, Peter's trying to talk Jesus out from the thing that actually saved you and I. So he goes on in the conversation and says, you know what, Simon, I need to tell you something. His name at the time was Simon. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. Now, don't miss this in verse 32. But I have prayed for you. Don't miss this. Who's praying here? Jesus. I love when people tell me that they're praying for me. Hey, Pastor Josh, I'm praying for you. Hey, Josh, I'm praying for you. My mom calls me every now and then. Hey, mijo, I'm praying for you. Hey, I'm praying for you. I get excited when people pray for me. But this is Jesus praying for you. Now, do the math here. Jesus is praying. Jesus is God. God answers prayers. Oh, it's a win-win situation. Listen to the prayer, though. I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Just, just don't, don't, don't miss that. Can I just ask Jesus a quick question? If you're going to pray for me, Jesus, why pray for my faith not to fail? Why don't you just pray for me not to fail? That way we don't have to cry. That way we don't have to lose sleep. Right? No, 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 no. Because you and I are going to fail. We're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. Listen carefully. The mistakes, the mess up, and the failure is not a challenge to God. 
But us not having faith causes him to be completely removed from the help that you and I need. So he tells Peter, let me tell you what I've prayed for, because you're going to mess up. You're going to deny me? You're going to cut some dude's ear off? You're going to act a fool out there? You're going to humiliate yourself? You're going to blow it up? Can you place yourself in the narrative and say, man, it's almost as if Jesus is talking about me. Listen to what he says. I pray that your faith not fail you. Because the time would come where Peter would recognize that he had failed Jesus. But Jesus answered that prayer to the point that he says, and by the way, look, when you get back, strengthen your brothers. Like Jesus prayed for him, he prophesied to him, tell him, you're going to fail, but your faith ain't going to fail you, and you're going to come back and you're going to strengthen your brothers. You know what's fascinating to me about this story? That Jesus is praying for us today. Did you know that? Are you aware that Christ, the Messiah, the risen Savior, is praying for you today? Romans 8.34 says this, at the right hand of the Father, he is seated, making intercession for you and for me. I believe he prayed that you would make it to church today. I believe he prayed that you did not give up on Wednesday when you said, I just can't take it anymore. I believe he prayed that, that when you went through the most difficult season of your life and you felt like throwing in the towel, I believe God answered that prayer, that your faith not fail you. So he has now given us this very armor, this, this piece of clothing, this piece of protection for you and I to hold it up. Listen, in addition to all of these Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So he says, put it on, and he says, hold it up. See, to hold it up means to represent. See, see, when you represent, you, you wear it with pride. You wear it because it belongs to you. You're not ashamed of it. You're not ashamed of the, of the implications or the consequences that it might bring. On the contrary, you wear it because it was given to you by the Father. So why not wear all that God has made available to us, to you and I? Can you, can you make a quick inventory in your life today? An area where you know the enemy has been throwing arrows your way, arrows Towards your marriage, arrows towards your family, arrows towards your business, arrows towards areas of life that are causing you to question, why God? But I encourage you today that today God is actually giving you the answer, the solution, the antidote. Maybe it's not meant for him to come in and actually fix it, but he's giving you the actual resource and the tool and the piece of clothing to wear so that you can overcome it. There's two stories that are going to be told. I will stay here and do nothing and be rescued. Or I rose up, I put it on, I held it up, and I overcame. And in doing so, listen carefully, I saved some other people while I was in the process. Which story will you tell? Which story do you want to tell? So in closing this morning, you would just discern your heart, discern your mind. It's a, it is a privilege for me to just speak this over your life, over your marriage, over your home, over your family, over your purpose for existence. 
Listen carefully. God's got you. God's got you. You should have been taken out a long time ago, yet you're still here. God's got you. God's got more for you. Can I pray with you this morning? God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love that is for us and not against us. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this room this morning, for the families that are being restored and the marriages that are being restored and the families and, and people that are coming to know you as Savior of their lives. And God, we thank you that you have more available for us. I pray today that we would embrace all that you have given to us. Jesus, will you give us the courage? Will you give us the strength? Will you give us the, the, the insight to see the things that we are neglecting that, is, that are keeping us from girding up and gearing up, becoming the men, the women that you desire us to be, oh God. For the many times that we have caved into and succumbed to pressure, for the many times that we have thrown in the towel, I pray today that we would rise up as your children, as your sons, as your daughters, and we would be geared up with all that you have made available to us, beginning with salvation, God, beginning with the forgiveness of our sins and the redemption of our soul. So that is my prayer this morning. So if you are here today and you have not given your life to Christ, I want you to know that this very thing, faith, is what begins that relationship. It's impossible to begin a relationship with the King of kings and Lord of lords if you don't believe that he is. So it's that simple. If you believe, you confess that he is real, you accept him in your heart, you accept the forgiveness of your sins, you begin the most amazing, adventurous, extravagant relationship you will ever experience with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's you this morning. Will you repeat the simple prayer with me? Say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. Believe that you died on the cross for me. But I thank you that you rose into eternity for me as well. And I thank you that not only did you save me for me to have eternal life, but I thank you because you also saved me in order for me to have abundant life. And so today I choose the full armor of God. I will not leave it here at Movement Church until next week. No, I will take it. I will wear it. I will wear it proud. I will stand firm. I will trust you and I will believe. And I will embrace this spiritual warfare, this war against good and evil. And I will be the one to declare that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I pray this in the mighty name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.